0: New Wizards after dark and
1: uh, a new Wizards loss. They're now 30 and 42. They have clinched uh, their first sub-500 season in a few years. Lost in Chicago. You know what? I have the... This is a true tanking mode. I have the through fourth quarter box score. I was going to say lost in Chicago, 113 to 113, because that was the score at the end of regulation. They lost in overtime. What was the final score? I don't know. 126 to 120. That's right, 126 to 120. I only typed it 18 times on Twitter. The last, the, you can hear some ruffling paper in the background. As you can tell, you spend a lot of time preparing for this podcast. <laughs>
0: 126. And it's bad because
1: I gave you this box. Yeah, that's your that fault. One. My bad. Uh, I'm Fred Gatz. I, I'm supposed to cover the Wizards. Uh, apparently, I don't do it well enough uh, for The Athletic. and uh, I'm the host of Wizards After Dark, and I'm here with Darnell Maybury. Who covers the Bulls also for the Athletic, and who hands out improper box scores? Apparently.
0: Yeah, my bad, my bad. It's <laughs> season on all of us.
1: <laughs> who would you know? What? It's great. It's it's like almost symbolic. This podcast would start off with a faulty pass.
0: Yeah, it's, it's kind of the story of the
1: night with these guys. Uh, I do actually want to talk about Bradley Beal first. Yeah, yeah, I know you weren't there for Beal's comments after the game. After the game, I just he was in. He was sitting there in his locker, he had a towel over his head. He was noticeably, he wasn't talking to anyone. He was noticeably, like, in a really bad mood. And there have been times, like, after the win, uh, or the loss on Monday, they just lost to Utah, they got killed the whole game. Often, every once in a while, he let a loss affect him. For the most part, he leaves that stuff on the court. He's pretty good about that. After the loss on Monday, like, he was his own normal Bradley Beal, you know amicable and, and outgoing self. Uh, tonight, he was just sitting there, towel over his head, not saying anything, and like, I don't know how you normally approach those moments, but with me, I'm like, even if I have tough questions to ask, I'm not starting out with a tough question when a guy's like that. You gotta at least yeah. dip your toe in the water first, you know? Brad's not one to blow up, but like, and he didn't blow up, but, so I was just like, what, what do you attribute this to, or whatever it was, or what do you think was the difference tonight, was what I said. And he said, we just didn't want to win. We didn't want to win. Uh, it's like, what do you mean by that? It's like, you watched the game. You saw it. We didn't want to win. Wow.
0: Which, is, which is funny because I'm sitting there watching the game in the back with Candace Buckner at the post. And I'm looking at these two teams' execution or lack thereof. And I'm saying to myself and to Candace, does either one of these teams want to win? Yeah. And you never hear a player actually come. Like you said, I wasn't there for this. This is the first time I'm hearing this. You never hear a player come out and say, we didn't want to win. Yeah. And he's just like we didn't want to win.
1: And he said, he, to his credit, he said I have to be better. I have to not turn the ball over like that. And 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 you know the other things he said he has to do. And he said, you know, you shouldn't have to address the team about wanting to win. But look, there are ten games left. They're six back of Miami now in the lost column. Like that's not happening. Right. The playoffs might as well be mathematically they might as well be mathematically eliminated from catching Miami. Actually, they play Miami on Saturday. If They lose tomorrow against Denver, which seems like a pretty likely thing to happen. Uh if they lose tomorrow against Denver, then if they then that Miami game, if they lose to Miami, then that means Miami will clinch a better record than them for the rest of the season. They'll basically be eliminated from playoff contention if that happens. So uh we're getting pretty close to that point. And man, like Brad was just what do you do? How do you handle those situations? When you're on the scrum, you keep probing, you let the Colt
0: stand as is, what do you do? Let me just say, I was impressed with you It's, it's Scott Brooks' game because you had like seven questions for him. <laughs> and, and from what I heard about him pregame, he wasn't too happy tonight. No. So wasn't. for you to then come after a loss and just pepper him with question after question, I'm like, yeah, Fred, that's a way to represent <laughs> the athletic baby. No one, no one was happy tonight. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that's part of the job, though. You got to do, like, you know, Bradley Beal, to his credit, from what you're saying, took responsibility for it, and you got to give him credit for that. He might not have wanted to speak, but you have to do a job. There are other media members in there who have to do a job, and Bradley Bill, to his credit, did his job in answering the questions, it sounds like, even though they might have been uncomfortable or he didn't want to address whatever was the issue at that time. So it sounds like you handled it well. Yeah, that was –
1: look, you got you still got to ask the postgame questions. I always think – it's not like I was asking these – razor-slaying questions, you know? Like, I'm asking what's the problem on the offensive boards, you know? It's, I always think, and, like, look, I'm not Mm -hmm. writing a game story tonight, but, A, it's important to check the pulse of the team and learn these things in case they come up for future stories and that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, And, B, I just feel like it would be, like, Candice wasn't in the scrum Mm
0: -hmm.
1: because she was on deadline and had to file, like, a game story real quick, so she wasn't there. I always think it's even weirder if you go to the scrum and don't ask the question. Yeah. It's like if I were a coach and I were standing there, I was like, "You're really not going to ask a question about the game that you just sat there and watched, like for real? Did you even watch the game?" Yeah.
0: So here's the the one thing that you know I don't know if you caught it during the game, but and you probably were in a bad position based on where the stanchion is compared to your seat, so you might have been blocked from this. But there was a possession. Um, Late in the game, I think it was even in the overtime, early in the overtime when the Wizards were struggling, where Bradley Beal didn't like something on the defensive end, and he went in the middle of the play in the Scott Brooks' face and said whatever was on his mind. That would have been the question that I would have asked him. Oh, I didn't even see that. Yeah, yeah, so he had some sort of issue. You, You might want to go back and watch and watch the Bulls broadcast when you do. It was either the last minute or two of the fourth quarter or the first minute or two of the overtime. Uh, and whatever his issue was, he got in Scott's face. And it wasn't demonstrative, but he clearly was not happy with something. Uh, and I've never seen a player do that in the middle of the, of the game. In the middle of, while the play is going on, he stopped, backtracked, and went up to say something to Scotty Brooks. Um, so that would have been my question It could have been worse Whatever you asked them, You could have asked them about that And you didn't sound like you didn't, I you didn't, I didn't catch even, that one so. you're, you're breaking news to me on my own podcast Yeah, it's all good You, didn't, you had a bad seat I was watching yeah. on television
1: I know that's a, The problem with the seating here It's good in that you're close right. But it's like third row yeah. behind the baseline yep. And so like you've got to, It's not raised It's yeah. not raised seating So you've got to, just a ton of heads in front of you
0: You're 6'2", I'm 5'8". You know, like see. see. Tell me about it. You just can't see. And then Candace, poor girl, had a guy from the AP, the tallest, tallest like, reporter in NBA history, six eight. Yeah, he's so tall. He looks like he might He might be literally taller than six eight. Yeah, so he's uh, he's an enormous man, and poor <laughs> girl couldn't even watch the game out there because he was in front of her. So it's not Fred Katz's fault, people. He he didn't he couldn't <laughs> see it. The stanchion's in his way. He's got all other people in his way. He should have been watching from the back like man, Candace. Look, I just, I didn't want to win. You didn't want to win. I
1: didn't want to win. The Wizards didn't want to
0: win. You didn't want to write tonight. I know. <laughs> I didn't want to win. It's
1: just, just awful stuff. Uh, I know he didn't play tonight, uh, but I thought it would be good to have, have you on to talk about, originally, when we thought he might play, yeah. I thought it would be good to have you on to talk about Otto. Yeah. Because Otto has been... Really good with yeah. the Bulls. He's averaging 18 a game. He's 48 from three. He's his usage rate is higher than it was with the Wizards. And Otto was always a good player. Mm-hmm. He's got the expensive contract, which everybody wants to talk about. But it's not like he's like a bad player. And right. he's, he's and he's you know paid like he's. You put Otto Porter on the floor, you're good. That's always been what the thing has been with Otto Porter. He's always been the net rating king for the Wizards. For whatever reason, you put him on the floor because he's. He's pretty good at a bunch of different things and really, really good at a couple of things, like shooting and those sorts of things. And he's not a world-class, you know, well, he's a world-class athlete, but he's not, you know, an unbelievable athlete, you know, compared to other NBA players and that kind of stuff. He doesn't always stand out, but then you look at it at the end and it's like his box score is just like a plus eight, and again, the Wizards lost by four. And it's like that all the time. Uh, And with the Bulls, those... Things have held consistent, and he's putting up some numbers, too. Like, he came and immediately had a career high. He's We talked last time I had you on on how he had never taken more than 20 shots in a game, and he did that, like, a couple of games into his Bulls tenure. So what, what in your estimation, has made him as solid as he's
0: been with the Bulls? Well, you could probably speak a lot more to this, but I do think there is a big element of it that he's benefiting from not being around John Wall and Bradley Beal. Uh, and that's not a knock on those two guys as talents or as star players. Uh, it's just the fact that he had to share so much of what he did well with them and kind of go off of how they played. Uh, well, here, you know, you got Zach Levine and Larry marketing, but, you know, those guys aren't established stars in this league. So they're looking to a guy like Otto Porter for leadership. They're looking to him uh, to make plays at times to help the offense out or to be a connector on defense. Um, So he's been able to step into an opportunity. The Thunder, uh, excuse me, the Bulls, had a glaring, gaping hole at small forward. Um, You know, they tried to fill that with Jabari Parker at the start of the year. That lasted about two or three preseason games before they realized this isn't going to work. And then that's why they made the deal for Otto Porter, because they knew that they had such a gaping hole at small forward, uh, and he was the exact type of player that they could need. A shooter. A defender, uh, a guy who's just going to make great basketball plays and help your team win. Um, so I think there's there's an element of that. And I also think that, look, he got off to a scorching start. Uh, I think in his first eight games he was shooting like 50, better than 50% from the three-point line. Unsustainable numbers that have dropped off, you know, in recent weeks. Uh, so I think a lot of his numbers or his productivity may be uh, – you know, I think we might have jumped to a conclusion saying, oh, this is the auto-porter that the Bulls are going to get. I'm still waiting to see this consistently over a long period of time. Uh, but he, to his credit, he's been out there and, and making plays. Uh, they put the ball in his hands a lot more than they did with the Wizards, where he just wasn't able to do that because of the talent that he played with out there. Uh, so he's running pick and roll and making plays for others. And you've always, you know, seen his pull-up jumper. You know, he's he's just that bur- at it. At, a, at an amazing rate right now. So he's playing really well, uh, and this team needs him. I think that's the other thing. They really, really need his help. So one thing, I
1: think we talked about this when we podcasted like here, like, what was it, two like a right month and a half ago? It was yeah. right after the trade deadline because yeah. it was right after, right they, after they made after this, this deal. So it was like a month and a half ago, I think we talked about this, that like all year the Wizards were saying Otto Porter – needs to just snap out of it. At some point, the numbers are going to progress to the mean. He was 45 from three last year. He was 45 from three the year before that. He was like 38 from three when he got traded. At some point, if he's a 45% three-point shooter, at some point he's going to have a ridiculous hot streak. He's going to progress to the mean, and he may not finish at 45 or 44. Maybe he'll be 42, 41, but he's not a 38 three-point shooter. And every single person around the Wizards, the analytically inclined people, the not analytically inclined people, the coaches, the front office people, the players, every single person at the Wizards believed that, and it makes absolutely perfect sense. Why wouldn't you believe that? And so I think they were waiting for this hot streak. And I think it's possible that part of his – streak with the Bulls was just that this hot streak to progress to the means, which everybody didn't even think, just knew was inevitable, Mm -hmm. it just happened to start when he went to the Bulls. Like At some point, if Otto Porter plays 82 games and he's healthy, Otto Porter's not going to make only 36% of his threes. He's just not. He's going to make more.
0: There's also uh, an element of it that there's no pressure, absolutely no pressure in Chicago mm-hmm. right now. So these guys are going out there, they're able to play free, they're able to play without expectations, they're able to play without pressure. Um, you know, they, just, they can go out there and, and be who they are and feel comfortable, and I think he is benefiting from that. He doesn't have the spotlight on him. He, he didn't have playoff expectations coming here. They were well out of the playoffs by the time he got here. So I do think that that contributes to a player's uh, comfort level in a lot of ways on the court, and I think we've seen that with Otto.
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting that kind of both of the most famous guys in the deal, Otto Porter and Jabari Parker, both of them seem more comfortable
0: mm. in
1: their current... Like, javar has been good yeah. for the Wizards. I mean, he, he's not the player that Otto is, right. and they're not going to pick up his team option. Yeah. But he's, he was good again tonight. I mean, this was a revenge game for him. What did he finish with? the uh, tied his season high, right? No, new season high, 28, six boards, 11 for 18 from the field. Hit three threes. He was going at the rim, basically every time he got the ball, especially early. He was being super aggressive and and
0: running hard in transition and all that. Um, I see the same thing with Jabari though. He had expectations coming to his hometown team. Absolutely. Going to Washington, nobody cares. Like nobody. I mean, they're like, oh, we got a number, former number two overall pick. Great. Let's see what he can do. But there's Mm -hmm. no internal was from the organization and there's no external expectations from the fan base so right i think he's he's also benefited from a change of scenery where he didn't have that expectation yeah I mean, they were in the hunt for a playoff spot there for a second and now that ship appears to have sailed he can go out there and play free freely and, and try to work on that next contract
1: yeah and i think i think part of it is also just like so much of this is just relationships and comfort level. Like, you talk about the comfort level coming from pressure. I mean, yeah. It's also from, like, everybody knows. And I had a piece up in The Athletic yesterday <clears> where <throat> I spoke to Jabari at length about, like, his relationship with Jim Boylan and why it didn't quite work. And, you know, he, whether or not he you know, he told me he didn't actually come in not to shoot. the season out of shape, which I don't know if I believe that. He looked a little doughy. He looked a little doughy. And he, he looks is, good now. He's definitely slimmed down yeah. now. If he, he like, I... He definitely slimmed down. Like You don't need sources to see that Jabari, right. Jabari slimmed down since the Wizards got him. Yeah. Go look at a picture of him from a month and a half ago, right. and he's in better shape. You don't need like sources and trainer NBA trainers to mm-hmm. tell you that the dude has lost a lot of weight throughout the course of the season. Yeah. It's clear. Um, but he says that it wasn't true. He's clearly, after two ACLs, he's clearly still a really good athlete. Mm-hmm. He's fast as hell. For someone his size And he can jump out of the gym
0: Sneaky explosive Yeah You know You see it on the On the elevation On the dunks And you see it on those Quick bursts With the crossovers He hit somebody With one at night And
1: those long dribbles That he has Where he throws the ball forward Because his first step Is so quick And he does that Where he throws the ball forward And he gets like Eight turnovers a game Off (laughs) of that move But the six times That it
0: works It looks so good Like He's just He is explosive Or even getting it Off the board And pushing it in transition He was really good at that during his short time here, and making a play for others if he didn't finish it himself. So, he's got a lot of skill and talent. I mean, he's got a lot of ability. I do think that it's a matter of him focusing on defense and being consistent. Uh, because you even saw tonight, he had a great game. Would you say a new season high? But you know, the the play where Larry Markin and essentially hit the dagger. Whose man was that? Yeah. Jabari Parkers. Awesome. Weird, weird Scott
1: Brooks stuff. Like, why is Jabari on him? Why is Jabari part of your... Like, so on the last play of regulation, where Robin Lopez ends up eventually getting the ball and doesn't even get a shot off. Initially, I asked Scott Brooks about that. Yeah. And and weird bull stuff aside. Initially, because we don't need to break down X's nose from this game too much. But it was just it's just like, in some ways, they're just weird, weird usage of guys. Because... Initially, Scott Brooks puts Wes Johnson on the floor, and the biggest guy on the floor is Jabari, and I think, okay, they're going to switch everything, because, and, and, and then as soon as the Bulls put out their lineup, he calls back Wes, and he puts out Bobby Portis, and I asked him about that after the game, and he said the reasoning was because he thought they were going to go with Markinen at the five. It turns out they went with Lopez at the five. They needed a bigger guy. Makes perfect sense. And you said they have some, the Bulls have some ATOs where they like to bully Lopez down low and get a quick bucket there. It's like that makes absolutely perfect sense that you would do that. But I, don't, I just didn't get why Jabari was part of your switch-everything lineup.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And I, I even tweeted it in the moment, like before he made the change with Wes for Bobby Portis. Like I didn't get why Jabari was part of your switch-everything lineup. And like Jabari being part of, like, given that defensive role, it's just a weird thing. Like it's a weird thing. You don't need that. You yeah. could have pulled Jabari and put in Bobby Portis. No, no, but then you have Bobby Portis on, on Lopez, you have Wes Johnson on Mark Oh I see what you're saying. And we're like he's play gonna, them together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well I'm just I mean like well he did. He had he had Jabari and, and Portis out there for for that final yeah, play yeah, regulation. Bobby,
0: Bobby was right. On, like,
1: and you could, have, you could have you could have Wes Johnson instead of Jabari. Like there are defensive options yeah. which in that particular moment just seemed to make more sense to me like yeah he gave up that three to Markkanen but I feel like if Jabari's is really 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 in the right situation right. if he's really used the right way he's a sixth seventh eighth man and he's not even put in that situation where he's guarding a guy like Markkanen who's really good by the way mm-hmm. and it's going to be awesome but, like, he's not even put in that situation where he's guarding Markkanen and Markkanen has an opportunity to uh, dagger over him on another play later in the game, you know? Somebody else is manning that. And that's obviously... Yeah. That's not necessarily on Scott Brooks. Like, that's just the state of the roster, yeah, you know? Yeah, like, you don't
0: have a lot of options. Yeah,
1: it's like it's the state of the roster. That's just what you are. And when Jabari is hot, he's been playing well. You play him. And he's got to guard someone. Right. And it's not football. So... But it's just like if Jabari is really in the right situation, which is going to make him the most successful, he's in one where you're able to kind of hide him mm-hmm. when you're playing against a 19 one team.
0: Yeah, Jim Boylan did something like that earlier in the season against Detroit. I think it might have been the – not Jim Boylan, Fred Hoyberg, So how long ago this was. Mm-hmm. Um, might have been like the third or fourth game of the season. They left Jabari out there. Ish Smith, of all people. We were talking about Larry Marketing as a seven-footer who's going to – float out to the perimeter, and shoot. Ish Smith saw Bobby and Jabari split them and got a a game-winning layup. Ish Smith also, like, top five fastest in the league. Yeah, so, um, you know, we've we've seen some of those questionable moments where Jabari was left on the floor in that situation, which, um, you know, at the time I actually defended Fred Hoiberg because you got this $20 million player, let him go out there and prove that he – can or cannot be a defender. Don't go off past a reputation that early in the season, uh, and he quickly proved that he is not that guy. Uh, and so Scott Brooks, you would think at this point, you know, maybe should consider that and, and would know that that maybe this isn't the guy you want out there in this moment. But again, in his defense, who else you got?
1: Yeah, I mean, also in his defense, maybe that's what Scott's doing too. Yeah, like. They're six back of eight now. Like, in some ways, I feel like they've entered. They're starting to enter stealth tank. They haven't practiced or shot around in so long. Like, you know why their defense looks so unprepared? Because they're not preparing. Mm. Like, they're they're doing film sessions, of course, and they're doing those sorts of things. But from a physical standpoint... They're not stepping on the court and running through stuff. Does
0: it matter uh, at this point, though? Or no. Ten games? Nine, ten games? Left? No, it, do, it doesn't. It doesn't. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying that
1: as a criticism. Yeah, okay. I'm not saying that as a criticism at all. I'm just saying that as a, like, if they were stealth-taking, right. that would be a thing that they would do.
0: Yeah.
1: You know? So, like, I feel like they're kind of starting to enter that to some degree. And, uh, you know, they should be. I, I I really don't mean it as a criticism at all. Right. I'm just saying, like... They should be at the point where it's like, you know what? Let's just see how Jabari does in this situation. Yeah. Let's see. He's he's been playing harder than he was lately. Let's teach him a lesson. Let's put him up against this guy who he knows on a personal like he knows on an intimate basketball level because he was his teammate. And so maybe he knows some of his moves and he's a much better offensive player than we'd normally have Jabari on. But let's just see what he does.
0: Better like, than what Bobby did, which yep. was trying to hack every time. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Bobby. <laughs> you fish hooked him yeah
1: yeah but like if that's the logic, it's like great that that makes perfect sense. That's why I don't even mean this as as a criticism of what Brooks is that doing it's, the, it's hard to tell,
0: but that should have been the logic a month ago when yes it came out and said that they wanted to make a playoff so I'm looking from afar like what are you talking about why would you battle for the seventh or eighth seed and get your brains beating without John wall by Milwaukee or Toronto it made no sense then like they should have been Thinking about this a month and a half ago. So mm-hmm. credit to them for finally getting it right. <laughs> hey, at least they playing Troy Brown now. Uh, plug, plug your great work before we go. Uh, just find me on The Athletic right where you, you find Fred Katz here. Uh, just click on the Bulls tab if you, uh, if, you, if you got nothing better to do with your day. Uh, and find me on Twitter at Darnell Mayweather.
1: And Darnell does great work. Uh, you can subscribe to Wizards After Dark, you can give us five stars on iTunes, you can leave a review, make sure it's a nice review if you leave a review, obviously. Uh, I'll be back tomorrow night, Nuggets, that'll be fun. Jokic is, well, watching Jokic is just fun as hell. Yeah, There's fun. no scenario for me in which watching Nicole Jokic isn't fun. Yeah, He's just like...
0: It's even better here because they got a big, uh, what is he, Croix, what is he? Where's he from? Serbian. Serbian, yeah, Serbia. So they got a big Serbian population here. So when Mm -hmm. he comes, Serbians almost take over the building. And he always puts on a show and flirts with triple doubles against these guys. Uh, So it's fun, especially when he comes to Chicago. It's always a nice little entertaining matchup. It's just great watching someone built like that just destroy
1: the greatest athletes in the world. Yeah.
0: It's just amazing. We were doing, you know, we're doing this fan poll. I don't know if you told your listeners. I much. haven't,
1: but let's talk about it.
0: But you know, we don't have to give away any, too much. But it's coming out soon. And I was talking to some Bulls players, and one of them mentioned Joakim. Uh, joking uh Nikola Jokic as one of the more underrated players in the league still. So, oh, that's interesting. Where's that game? It's in D.C., right? That's in D.C. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's worth the price of admission.
1: Oh yeah, he's great. Yeah, he's so I. He's got a top... He's got an MVP ballot case. Not an MVP case, yeah. but an MVP ballot. Like, top five MVP case. When he's not on
0: that other BS, like, not wanting to shoot the ball and yeah, all of that. Yeah, he shoot more. Yeah, he's worth the price. But he's the, the
1: best passing big man in the league. Easily. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. Great, great
0: passes,
1: passes he makes. Oof. He, he... You know, everyone says he's the best passing big man in, in the league. I think he might be the best passer in the league. Like, he I might think be he the should best... should slow down. Why? How First many... Chris Paul, Ray is, John Rondo, LeBron James. LeBron is LeBron's better passer. Uh-huh. LeBron's better passer. Chris Paul. Chris Paul is a Mike Conley. Mike Conley is not as good of a passer as Jokic. Okay. Okay. Here,
0: I think I think Jokic. Was Chris last Okay.
1: Chris. Chris Paul is a phenomenal passer. Yes. Obviously, Chris Paul. But but passing is more than just seeing the pass.
0: You wrote the story on passing earlier this I year. I did. Yeah.
1: Passing is more than just seeing... And Chris Ball, I rated as an elite passer. And right. obviously, he's unbelievable. But passing is more than just like seeing the pass. Jokic's height allows him to make passes that none of those guys can even try. How about Kevin
0: Durant? He's his height. They're about the same height. But he's not as good of a passer as Jokic. Okay. I, I agree I with you, LeBron. Pro- LeBron's I still, a better passer. I still put LeBron, Chris yeah, Ball... Too. Or he's Rondo. Me too. LeBron, LeBron's been. And there's roster. probably someone in there. Also. I probably put I
1: probably put Chris Paul ahead. I probably put Chris Ben, ben Simmons.
0: Ben Simmons is good.
1: Yeah. I, I probably put Chris Paul ahead. I'm probably getting a little too hot and buying into my take a little bit too much by saying,
0: "Okay, he's you're he's excited a, for tomorrow night's game. You're, you you want to see a good basketball? I got I got to hype <laughs>
1: this up some way. Up.
0: Okay, he's how, how do we feel about saying he's a top three passer? I'm not putting him over Rondo, Paul, or LeBron in no particular order. I'll put him over Rondo. Why? Because the lake? Because he's with the Lakers? Mess the Lakers team this year? No, because Rondo. Is, no, Rondo's a great passer. But Rondo can be selfish. selfish like, with Rondo passes. makes selfish yeah. passes. Yeah. But so does Chris Paul.
1: Yeah, but not not to Rondo's degree. Right. Right. Definitely not to Rondo's
0: degree. It'll be a fun game. Who's going to start on him? Mm, Bobby Portis. Bobby Barbecue chicken. chicken. Yeah, maybe.
1: Yeah. All right, that's it. <laughs> subscribe, <laughs> subscribe to Wizards After Dark. Give us five stars. Leave a review. I'm back tomorrow, and we can uh, really see how good of a passer Jokic is. I will. Uh, I'll talk to you guys then.